<sighs> Welcome back, everyone. This is the Mind Body Mentor Podcast. My name is Stephen Jaggers, and I am your host. I'm so excited to release today's episode as it is with one of my best friends and my co captain uh, in ushering this powerful modality called somatic release breathwork into the world. This man is truly a renaissance man. He has been to 90 different countries, uh, ran a seven-figure business, has helped um, you know, pro golfers win the masters, and he's a physiotherapist, a body worker, a space holder, and just all around one of the most incredible humans that I've ever met. So this has been one of my favorite podcasts to date. I know you will get a lot out of it and you will probably feel a lot as we both got very vulnerable. Um, yeah, and if you would like to support this podcast, uh, you can use the code MindBodyMentor for 15% off at Organifi, some of the purest superfoods that I know of. I drink the green juice in the morning, the red juice before I'm working out, and the gold to help me go to sleep. It is such a great way to make sure you are getting all of your baseline nutrients. It's 100% glyphosate free, which is so hard to find nowadays. And uh, the owner is Drew Canoli, who is one of the most incredible humans that I know. And uh, I'm, I'm so thankful to call him a brother and for his creation of Organifi into the world. Also, you can use the code AJBARE10 for 10% off at Vivo Barefoot. Uh, these are the best shoes and the most stylish looking barefoot shoes that I know of. I've been wearing them way before I started the podcast and they are incredible. I just went hiking in them. They have so much traction. They allow you to feel the ground as well. It's, it's so important for your foot health. And as always, this podcast is sponsored by Somatic Release Breathwork. If you are a coach, if you are a therapist, if you find yourself in a position where you are helping people and want to have a powerful modality to help people transform their lives, to help move out of fear and shame, and to live life to the fullest and, and embody it truly, then you can check us out. We got two in-person trainings coming up, one in Austin, March 10th through the 13th, also one in Phoenix uh, in April, and we are actually launching our online program today. We got the first cohort. It's a 12-week program starting today. The next one will probably start around summertime, so if you're interested in the online, check back then. And without further ado, here is the uninterrupted podcast with one of my best friends, Andrew Fisher. Welcome, my brother. It is absolutely an honor to have you on the Mind Body Mentor podcast. I knew this day would come. We had been, uh, you know, talking about it for a while, but we've been so busy, you know, working on other things and I knew it would be the right time to sit down and, and record a conversation with you at, at some point. And before we delve in, I just I just want to say that it's been an absolute pleasure and honor to get to know you, my brother. You probably are one of the most interesting men in the world. And I don't think that most people know that, but you're so well traveled. You've lived many different lives. You know, you've been a, a, a physiotherapist on the PGA Tour, a caddy, uh, built a seven-figure business, been to 90-something countries. You know, you've lived, 
you've truly lived, my brother. And uh, it, I just, I feel so blessed to, to know you and to continue to get to know you and to, to watch you, you know, evolve and, and change in any direction that you'd like to. And, and uh, I, I feel so blessed to have you as the co-captain of, of this powerful modality named Somatic Release Breathwork that we are ushering into the world right now. So welcome, my brother. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> received, received. Wow. Very good. What an introduction. Yeah. But uh, I would love to, just for the listeners, if you, I know you've got, you've, you've done so much in your life, but to just give us a little like play by play, if you will, of, of, you know, baby fish to all of the different roads that you've traveled just giving us a little bit of background on yourself. Sure. Um, I think uh, I think I had had a young age. I had a innate like a uh, this just like huge desire to see the world and experience this existence. Not necessarily as someone who came in with how it should be, but more as an observer. I just have always felt this observational presence within myself like I just want to see the world I want to watch the world I want to let it unfold in front of me without having any kind of agenda and I've, I've had that since a, a young age and I didn't even realize until I was older that that kind of its own little gift I just assumed that that's kind of how life is um I uh I lost I uh, lost my best friend when I was 16 he had a heart attack. He was 17. Very, like, very strange. Um, you wouldn't think 17-year-old would have a heart attack. But um, it was a cool little trip. We were getting excited. We were going to go on this golfing trip. And uh, it was so interesting. He came over day before and he said, hey, I can't go. Didn't really explain why, but he just said he couldn't go. And when I got back from that trip, it, it was 4th of July and he had actually had a heart attack while he was watching uh, the fireworks with his parents. And I thought like, well, it was just devastating to me, but also at the same time, after time had passed and I had learned grief at a very young age, I had really solidified myself as somebody who was gonna live this world to the fullest experience, to like literally touch, like, touch taste, feel, smell everything I could and not hold back. Like I'm actually a human being that welcomes all of it on the spectrum, betrayal. I felt it and I welcome it. Pain, grief, these things that we tend to become numb of. We, we don't want to build a relationship with them. We're afraid of them. I built a relationship with them and found that they're nothing to fear at all. And you know, that was, <clears throat> that's what's been the greatest catalyst for me to explore this world to see so many places religions and just cultures and races i mean it's so fascinating to like be in this country and have so many freedoms in the united states and, and then spend like a week or a month in haiti and it just you just don't even fathom that it's under the same sky and to be able to always return back to the united states and feel so safe and secure it's just I mean, it's a winning lottery ticket to be, to be born here. 
um, and, and an incredible opportunity. And we live in a, in a, in a fantastic, oppor like opportunistic time. Like I, I think the greatest time that you could be alive because there's so many opportunities for, for travel and flight or escapism within the metaverse, which you can still feel, taste, touch things. And that's really the human experience to feel all these things and you can do it in a multitude of different ways. And um, when I was younger in the 2000s, you had to travel, you know, to see all these things. And now you don't have to do that as much, but it's still, I really have loved life and I've never held back on any of it. Um, you know, fear's not my, my vocabulary. The second I built a relationship with death, um, there was nothing to fear beyond that. So that's a little bit of a, a long story, a background of like yeah. how I came to be a person who wanted to see everything and to try everything. So you had, you had sort of that uh, relationship with death from a young age that's sort of the, the catalyst of really wanting and striving to actually live this life to the fullest. Yeah. Um, one person's... Um, transformation is another person's gift yeah. and um, that was his gift he gave me you know so yeah yeah so I know there's there's so much um, I know you're a phenomenal body worker and that's and you've been fascinated with the human body what sort of kind of drove you to want to go down that route yeah so um, I love international travel. I got to experience that at a very young age. I also loved the body. It was like the only subject that I took in school that actually resonated with me. Yeah. Uh, English, social studies, all these things, they didn't, um, I didn't connect with them. I just felt like I was going through the motions because the teacher told me to. Yeah. But when it came to anatomy and physiology, for whatever reason, probably more of a remembrance, mm -hmm. I really resonated with it. You know, like they would say things like, you know, the distal attachment to the psoas on the lesser trochanter of the femur. And I'm like, of course it is. <laughs> and I don't know why. I don't know why. Some people yeah. have, you know, a call to accounting and numbers. And some people have a call to law. And some people have a call to anatomy and physiology. And I thought, we all have a human body. Yeah. And the awareness and building awareness around what this vessel is and how it functions and operates would be a tremendous skill to have. And so I went into anatomy and physiology and that's where I continued to move through college and uh, I love that I love that study. Yeah. And I continued my it's, journey. It's that. crazy that we are just not given an owner's manual for this body. Yeah. It's the only thing that we come into this world with and we we just as as children, we're not really taught um, any anatomy, any sort of bodily awareness of what's going on inside of our body. And I, I, I just think it's so important. And that was one of the driving forces for myself was to understand this vessel that I had been given. And uh, bodies aren't going anywhere, at least not for now. We'll yeah. see. It was, maybe we live in some sort of... Um, sure you know, uh, matrix style world in the future. We'll, we'll, we'll see, but yeah, I can, I can relate, you know, there is job security as far as understanding the body because, <laughs> sure. uh, everyone has one. 
Yeah, I, I actually like that we don't have an owner's manual, really. And I think mm. probably that's the great mystery of the life uh, of life of actually the body is that mm. we've studied it for however long, how many thousands and tens of thousands of years the human body's been around, and yet we still have some, and we just listened to something the other day, I was talking about how you know, even maybe sliding filament theory on how muscle activation happens is still only a theory. Yeah. You know, how water moves into a cell, still like, still trying to wrap our heads around yeah. actually how that really happens. We don't know a lot. Yeah. And, and we've been around for a long time. And that's the beauty of this life, is it's this great experiment. That, that, the, life is the great experiment. You know, you get to actually experience it and experiment with it. Mm -hmm. And that's how we learn our body like the owner's manual is life in itself this great unfolding that mm -hmm. we get to learn what we how we travel how we do in certain circumstances how trauma affects us like all these things give us incredible feedback and yeah. that is its owner's manual the life owner's itself. manual is the school of life That's right. and so that would make sense as, as far as travel and exploration um, alongside studying the body you know that's mm -hmm. probably an, a subconscious or an unconscious driver of yourself it's like let me see if I can put myself into these situations and actually learn about myself because yeah. that's where you learn we are experiential beings and that's where we learn the most I know that uh, the, the little bit of travel that I've done I've learned more about myself and I've learned more about the world from those sort of experiences than any sort of schooling. And I know combined between us, we've probably studied 50 to 100 different body, body modalities, um, which is just, it's just crazy. And if anybody, you know, you're, if you're studying any sort of modality and anybody says that they actually fully understand the uh, complexity of this, this godlike vessel that we've been giving, they're lying. We don't know. We don't, and that is just like you said, that is the beauty, right? Yeah. We don't, we don't know. I mean, we can, we can take different guesses and and have different experiences that actually give us feedback, where we can uh, start to to measure things to within ourselves. But yeah, it's just it's such a it's such a great mystery of life. A big part of life is finding peace with not knowing. Mm. that's really important it we're not it's okay that we're not supposed to know certain things that's okay that's actually really good that's a great thing more to be discovered more to learn and more to just really sit in full acceptance of it mm. you know there, there's there's humans around for a long time we didn't know exactly why the sky was blue or the clouds existed or what the sun was and us knowing what it is does that really change our experience that much yeah does it really i mean we have so much media coming in now how does that really change our lives and that we know what's happening in other countries that we're not presently in how does that really change our lives like we might actually it's nice to build awareness around things yeah. but actually for the here and now the present moment that's actually life how can you think about the past or the future when they yeah. actually, they don't, they don't exist. The past is gone and the future isn't yet. So that's not even a thing to even contemplate and to even spend time thinking about. It's just wasted. Yeah. So, 
when we really look at like the human nervous system or the human electrical system or even the human experience, we are designed to deal with what is happening right in front of us. Mm. And it's, you know, these, these technologies such as our phone, our computer, they're, they're so incredible, but our bodies are not designed to hear about some sort of tragedy that's going on in China. Because I think at our core, we feel, we at our core, there is a knowing that we are all connected. We are all part of the human race. And at our core, we want to, we, we want to help. I think, almost, I think almost everyone at their core, they don't want to see other humans suffering. And so when we hear about something that's going on across the world, and we hear about some sort of tragic accident, and then you know, we read about it on our phone, we're left a little helpless. What can we actually do in our waking life to, to deal with that? And there's, there's not a lot that we can actually take action on in that moment. Therefore, we are left and we have been sort of trained in a way to dissociate from that. And so there's an aspect of dissociation that has to happen because our bodies are only designed to deal with the present moment. We're only designed to actually uh, interface with what's happening right in front of us. So it's, it's, it's challenging times and I think that we, we don't need to look at that as, as a negative thing. We get to look at that as a, a, a weight, if you will, that allows us to grow stronger and to evolve and to how can we actually hold the capacity for the world. We are all right now, we all feel it. We all feel the deep suffering that's going on within humanity, within the planet. And this is strengthening, strengthening us to be able to hold that sort of capacity because there will come a time where we will have to hold that sort of capacity and we will have to take action on different things. That's change. That's what's happening. Mm -hmm. We're feeling change. We're feeling mm -hmm. shifts. And they can be painful. Yeah. They can look like suffering. Mm -hmm. you know, we're not, a lot of us aren't okay with suffering. We see it as a negative. And we want to pull ourselves out of it. You know, I went through something very traumatic. And I did not want to be in that. And I looked for every escape I could to kind of get out of that. Yeah. But, it, it, but it was in that, like embedded in that, that the lessons that I learned and the gravity of how deep I could kind of go into that is now the level at which I can grow as high as that. There is such expansion and such growth within that. My bandwidth and also my capacity to hold and to relate to other humans is directly correlated to the suffering that I've experienced. Yeah. You know, even Christ. Look at the suffering. And that was in correlation to the sins of all men. It's like there has to be a correlation. Is as deep as your suffering has been is the expansion in which you can show up to help heal. We don't want to suffer. And we block ourselves from healing as well. I mm. think so. Absolutely. 
I want to get into just a little bit more of your story, brother, just because I know we we got super expansive there real quick. I want to reel it in. Really? But um, so, you know, so you went to college, obviously studying anatomy and physiology. Um, and then let's just go into golf just a little bit and, and, and your experience in that world and how that shaped you and then how that kind of took you into the online realms and then from there we can get into like somatic release breath work and and maybe go into a little bit of the the um your experience with that so far sure um <clears throat> i have a tendency to be verbose although as i That's get okay. older I, uh, i'm learning to kind of <laughs> reel back um i sat down uh at a chick-fil-a with my father and i told him that i wanted to accomplish um a few things in my life and wrote down on a napkin three things that I would like actually out of my life. I didn't really know much about what I wanted, but I knew I loved golf. I love that sport. I love the nature and everything around it. I knew I love international travel and I knew I wanted to be outside. I wanted to, I knew I had a love affair with the elements and mm -hmm. I didn't want to be enclosed. Mm -hmm. And those three things on a napkin at Chick-fil-A led me to actually <laughs> pursue a career caddying. As I, I knew I wasn't good enough to play professional golf, there was a couple tournaments that actually really quickly showed me that it was time to fold and not uh, and know when to walk away, um, like the old song. But, but primarily, that allowed me to go fully in on caddying, which I loved, which, was, which is, to me, one of the purest forms of servitude you can do. Caddying on the PGA Tour is unlike any other job. You have got to really let go of ego and really dedicate your entire life to someone else. That is that is exactly what that job is about. Pure servitude. Pure. That is purest form. There's nothing else that's more like difficult and also rewarding. Yeah. And I did that for five years, working for a number of players, um, good players. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I slept in my car and a lot of different like avenues before that to get into that world. But once I was in that world, I was like there to stay and I was there to like help. And I think that my rise to the PGA Tour was very quickly because I really did only care about the benefit of my player. I had no like agenda other than that. I would like wake up at five and I would go to bed at like midnight and that was seven days a week. And that was like 40 weeks a year. And it's just, it was, and I never took a day off. Never missed number one time. I mean, and that's what it is to truly have passion and love for what you, what you're doing. Um, Talk about holding space for someone, man. Talk about being the person that's holding it all together for another human. I was doing that without knowing what that was. I mean, we put names to things, right? Yeah. And it allows yeah. us to make sense of it. But I was doing that intrinsically somatically with I just it felt right yeah and I had a big desire I left the PGA Tour after five years caddying was um it was a rough road it affected you know, my ability to create relationships really deep relationships um romantic or platonic it just it just affected that my relationship with my parents my parents I didn't get to see them much yeah however um I got a phone call from a guy named Bubba Watson who was, um, I don't know, 70-something in the world at that particular time. And I knew he was extremely talented. And, I, and he asked me to actually step on board and be his performance coach, kind of show up and then kind of like 
just hand over the keys to his his talents and say, listen, tell me what to do and I'll actually do it. And we had a, just a fantastic run. You know, we yeah. went from 2009 to 2014. Um, and it's just, it was just awesome. I just, I really yeah. I was excited around that time because that actually was the real success. I mean, that was where I really got to feel what wins were like in the major championship and all these things that go around that. And it was this incredible like, finally, but also the beauty of the fleetingness of it. Hmm. I remember after the Masters in 2012 when he won, and it wasn't probably like five hours later that I was, it was, the feeling was gone. It was worn off. And I was like, seven years to get here, five hours to lose it. <laughs> and and, and, I, and I'm, I love that lesson. You can't have it without the success. Um, it really shows you that it, it, it actually was about the journey there. Yeah, it's about the journey. And, and, and as I get even older, I realize that even beyond the journey, it's about who is on that journey with you, like who yeah. you're walking next to. You know, who do you want to show up for? Yeah. I love the idea of showing up for a golfer. And honestly, truthfully, I didn't care who it was. Yeah. I just wanted to be on the PGA Tour as a promise yeah. I made to myself. So I've gotten older, I start to realize that like there are certain individuals that I want to spend my time around. Um, certain individuals that are here with a particular finite, like a, a, like a focus that I actually can really like rally behind. Yeah. And, and, and one of those men is you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I have not met another uh, human that has been so supportive and just an, all around right hand man mm. that uh, it, it just I really can't even put that into words brother I appreciate you I mean yeah. you um, you know to transition after I left after I left uh, golf I I, uh, I I met I met a guy who I was trying to rechange my life yeah. redirect it and I was like hey I want to start fresh and he, he gave me some advice that I thought was really interesting and I don't remember exactly what he called it like a sing way or a segue I don't remember exactly some kind of like terminology had to it but essentially the concept is that to start a new chapter you must finish the chapter you're on and I thought well I walked away from golf so I'm good to go and he's like no you have a tremendous amount of knowledge Give that as a gift to the world, and then you can turn the page. And I thought that was really an interesting concept, and I mm -hmm. could, I, I, I'm willing to try it. Yeah. And that's really to your point. That seven-figure business. I basically took like everything that I knew and all the connections that I had, and all the relationships that I fortified after all those years, and I put them into a condensed version of something online as a gift to the world. And yeah. built a, a seven-figure online golf instruction business. And that allowed me to step completely out of it and be ready for my next thing. Fully, openly, and like lovingly ready for the next thing. Mm. Mm. So cool. Yeah, so often we, uh, we go through a significant chapter in our life. And then we spend so much time and energy and blood, sweat and tears in that area. And then it comes a time where we 
you know, that we feel like that chapter is closing and we want to move on to something else. But all of the different things that you learned along that journey, it, it really means nothing unless it's shared with other humans. So being able to, you know, through the process of alchemy and taking all of those things and, and diluting it or, or transmuting it down to its purest essence and giving that back to the world, that is what you are rewarded for in this world. And, and right now we use sort of a monetary system. So it, it, it created the freedom for you to then kind of step away and, and say, like, what's next? Mm-hmm. And I know you spent a little bit of time just kind of in the flow state of just enjoying life and, and traveling and, 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 uh, and, you know, making up for that time and in relationships and stuff like that. And, um, I, I know I, I would like to go into a little bit about, you know, what led you to actually myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that was a, a, a significant painful event for yourself. Yeah. If you're okay with going there. Yeah, I think that uh, I think we all sit on the edge of vulnerability. We sit in front of two doors, and we have to decide which one we want to walk into or watch which one we want to walk through. One is memory, and it's something that's really like kind of scary for a lot of us because it's going to step into a memory of something that's going to elicit an emotion. And the other is kind of the other door is memorization, not memory. It's a, a cycle and a pattern that we become very comfortable with, that we've memorized. And we have to sit and we have to make a decision about whether we want to step through certain doors, you know? And uh, in this particular one, I, I, I've become more comfortable with the door of memory and, and walking through that. And, um, you know, to open that door and to step down through that, I, um, I, uh, I, I, w- I had a winter. I, I'm ready for the next thing and, and nothing came. And, and, and I met relationships and I traveled, and, but nothing called to me. And so I waited. I waited until something did. And in that winter, I had met someone that was, um, was very, very unique. Um, I, I've, had, I've been blessed to have a, a relationship with a woman who was clearly my soulmate clearly a twin flame I dated a girl who was identical to my mother which is a really interesting rabbit hole Freudian <laughs> rabbit hole and then I met a woman who was my mirror a woman who showed up thought the same things that I thought carried herself in the same way carried herself had the same birthday as me you know just just my mirror in life what a, what a gift to actually date someone that's your mirror um, and we were together for quite some time and one day, you know, she, she basically, um, we had some things happen. We never had an argument because it's a mirror, right? We never had, we had tough times, but we never had an argument. We never disagreed about life and how it unveiled. Um, but one day, you know, she, she asked to meet with me in, in a park. She, um, she, she informed me that she was engaged to somebody, that she had met someone and that he had proposed and that she was engaged to him. And I remember that moment like very clearly. Um, and I, I even remember what I said because it wasn't much. I did say, I said that 
I said, this is what it feels like when a moment becomes a memory. And, and there wasn't much to say beyond that. I could feel that she had shifted, that she was on to another path and another life. And I, and I wasn't. And really, there was a lot of grief and a lot of, like, sadness. And, you know, I, I really didn't know what was happening to my body somatically. I shook. I was just shaking for months. I, I didn't sleep. I lived in a bed. I didn't want to live. I kind of, like, looked at some ways to, like, exit this reality. You know, it was just a, a fascinating time for me because it, it led me to, well, it led me to you. Primarily, more than anything else, you know, I, I saw that um, I found you through a mutual friend, and as he mentioned, it was like he's like, "Listen, I know you're going through something really traumatic, and your body's not handling it." And I, and I didn't even know it was trauma, honestly. I'm just like, I just don't know what's wrong with me. And I came to you, and we went through a couple sessions of somatic release breath work, and um, I just, you know, I'll be ever, forever grateful because. I'm, I'm grateful for, for both things. I'm grateful for the thing that pulled me into this, like, this, this place of loneliness that I can't imagine ever a human being being in by themselves. And I'm so grateful for the gift of actually being pulled out of it as well. Those are the gifts. Not the middle ground, not the winter where I'm just like skirting by, but the ability to be that low. It gives me the opportunity to be that high. And so that's what really life is about. You know, I'm very thankful for that relationship and I'm thankful for that despair. And there's never a loss and there's never a gain. There's only an exchange. And I traded, you know, for me, my best friend at the time for another best friend. And only in retrospect can you, like, make sense of it. And, but we live life in the storm sometimes. Yeah. And it's hard to navigate in that storm. So it's really important to know, like, this is the storm. And actually find the beauty in that kind of chaos. And when you can do that, you have created freedom for yourself that's, that no one can touch. You're fully, you're fully alive. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, and yet we forget in the moment that it all makes sense. Just give it time, give it space. Well, I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for the struggles that you've gone through, brother, because it, like, like you said, it led you to me, and you've helped me navigate just the world of we could call it business if you will we could call it service we could call it birthing something into the world and 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 bringing it on a global level you've been a a mentor a guide a friend a, a right hand man a you you're you're truly a renaissance man your life experience, everything that you've gone through, I can. I, it is a felt sense that is a knowing inside of me, and I just 
<laughs> I don't, I, I'm super thankful for all that you've gone through, bro. <laughs> and just to think back, you know, we're, we're coming up on around maybe a year since we've known each other. And we've done, you know, almost 10 trainings. We have over 100 practitioners mm -hmm. utilizing this modality that helps people move fear and guilt out of their system. Mm -hmm. It's changing people on a genetic level that we've now been able to, to, to measure that, you know, thanks to, and we were just listening to that Zach Bush podcast, mm -hmm. and it just rings so fucking true for what what we are creating. He's put he's put scientific language to a lot of the things that we we are doing, and wow, I just I can't imagine living my life in, in any sort of way, and just the the parallels that 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 we uh, we have gone through. It's just it's just so crazy, you know. When you can feel that you are living. From a place of alignment. It's a great way to spend time before it's our time. <laughs> <laughs> that you continuously say that to me, you know? You're like you're like, well, we it's just what how are we spending our time before it's our time? Yeah. That's really <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter if you're Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or, or anybody, you know, high, low, it doesn't matter. It's it's how are you killing time? You know, and if you're not killing it in the way that you want to, then change that. And 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 that and there's no right way. There's the, the, no, there's right, no way. right way when you realize that it's all just an experience. Mm. And when you realize that there's a multitude of different roads that you can go, it all lead to a phenomenal place. Yeah. And we have judgments against that road. But often that road is probably the path that's going to take you to your destiny, no matter, because they're all fortified and they all cross. And no matter how and where you go, it's much better to put the boat in the water than it to is. sit on the dock. It is. And that's something that I've learned in, in business specifically. It's something that you've really taught me. And I think this goes for all life is you can't, you're never going to know until you test it. Hmm. You, you're just you're never going to know unless you do it and then you actually receive the feedback of has this been received yeah. from the world has it how do you feel while you're in it how do you like what's the type of information that you're getting back from actually doing it and I think in today's world I talk to so many people that have such a hard time cho cho just choosing a path yeah. because you know in today's world there are so many fucking paths that we can go down. Right. It, it hasn't always been that way. Yeah. There was, there was you know, much less routes that we had the option of going down. And now in today's world, we have, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can do, there's so many different ways to make money, to live your life, to experience yeah. life. And so I see so many people in that sort of deer in the headlights where it's like, if I had one message for them, I'm like, just fucking pick one thing and just test it yeah. and see how it actually feels yeah. in your body. Yeah, the world tells you. The world will tell you. The world will tell you that if it's aligned with you in that moment. Yeah. Because you could do something that actually just it doesn't resonate with you at that particular time. Maybe you're trying to be a business coach prior to actually being, prior to having business acumen. So it's a, it's a matter of like, hey, listen, that's not a bad thing for you. The world just knows that that's not right for you right now. Yeah. Go try it later. Yeah. And try something else for now. It's a timing issue, and the world has perfect timing. And the collective, really, mm -hmm. is it, like the internet is the 
is like the downloaded subconscious of mankind. Mm. It tells you, yay or nay. And yeah. not in a bad way. Yeah. Rejection is just another path of acceptance. Yeah. It's just really saying, hey, not right now. It's not saying no ever. It's saying no, not, not right now. Not right now. Get your hands dirty a little bit more. Come back to yeah. us. I think so many of us, we, we get sort of obsessed with the idea of like, oh no, this is my purpose or this is my, mm. this is my path, you know, mm. and this is, this is what I want to do. And it's a lot of the times that will, you will quickly find out it's, it's, it's not always what you want to do. It's what the world is asking for. It's what the world wants you to do. And I know for so many people that I've worked with and even with myself, as far as, you know, we, we have so much self-judgment and self-worth issues and, yeah. and uh, am, am I good enough to do this? And, and when, you stop, when you stop seeing it as a self thing, when you start to actually tune into, no, no, no I, am, I am one drop in the ocean of humanity and humanity will decide. Right. I will take the step forward. And when you align to something that's bigger than yourself, all of your little petty worries about how do I look what I'm doing it? What, what do people think about me? What, what, you know, cause then you have the energy of a movement, yeah. a movement of humanity. Yeah. We are a drop in the ocean, but what is the ocean, but a multitude of drops. <laughs> I mean, that is really the collective we all are one, and we, you know, and we have, and we have that individualism, especially in the United States. Yeah, be individualistic. Yeah, you know? um, and we forget the sum total, but the collective doesn't, and our mm. souls don't. We understand yeah. that, and that's why the internet is a phenomenal tool to actually use to see, hey, is this the right timing? It says yes, and you go great, or it says no, and you say, okay, cool, I'll come back later. And you don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. You don't take it personal because it's 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 objective feedback. That's right. The world is objective. There is no fucking right or wrong. And it will tell you yes. very clearly. We make right and wrong. We do. There's no such thing as as right and wrong if humans don't exist on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> the planet continues to spin in this galaxy. Mm. You know, it's just Humans kind of come in with their own agendas and they are so romantic about that that they will not let go of that to the point of their own demise. Like maybe they're still living, but they're not living. They're alive, but they're not living. And they're, they're not living because they're so set on their agenda that they have forgotten that there is a greater agenda. The world's agenda. Ask, I mean, how about you spend some time asking of the world, what, 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 can I, what does the world need of me? With my gifts, because we all come in here with like we're all we're all Michael Jordan in some particular fashion. We are all a Michael Jordan. We all we're in all of a Tiger Woods or a Michael Jordan or you know a Tyson. When they, when they can like do something really so great, we're just in all of it. But but we completely forget because we're staring at someone else that we have our own capacity, our own gifts. Like maybe even me holding space. I don't even know that's a thing, right? And then yet I find out that it, it's, a, it's an incredible gift to actually be able to hold space. I'm a Michael Jordan of holding space. And I don't even know what that is. But when you start to really get aligned with that, now you can bring that gift to the world. 
And so it's the only way you can know your gifts is to really go out there and test. Mm. And living a tremendously experimental life gives you the opportunity to actually really test those gifts and find out what they are. And once you know what they are, alignment just sets right in. The timing of everything is so perfect. Mm. It really reminds me too, and I, I think this might help a lot of people, is that we all sort of go down these routes or these rabbit holes, if you will, of, of time and spending our time doing something or trying to master something. And, you know, we spend time and experience in, in different realms, whether it's health and fitness, whether it's, you know, psychology, whether it's understanding business. And, and if you start to just not get so romantic about being a master at each one of those, but, but taking both of those routes down at the same time and starting to see kind of where they meet. Mm. That's where innovation happens. Mm -hmm. That's where, you know, they call it like the Da Vinci effect, if you will, because there's nothing new under the sun. Mm. It's just you as a human, you get to throw your own spin on it. And you as a filter who's had different sort of human experiences throughout this lifetime, you get to take all of those different experiences and see how they meet together. Yeah. And once they meet together and you figure that out, then you can take that to the world in a sort of uh, packaged up version that has your spin, your own flavor, your beautiful individual uh, signature on it. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm so excited to just be on this journey with you, brother, and to, to, spend our time before it's our time you know <laughs> yeah there's there's i would love to ask you like oh what's next for fish like what yeah. but but you are probably one of the most present people i know yeah. and i know if i were to ask you that you'd be like dude i'm i'm here right now i'm here nothing else exists for me yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't and, and we all have things you know my stepfather yeah. just he just had a heart attack and um you know, it, and, and I'm able to understand that that's over there. And that's something that I'm going to deal with very soon. But right now, I'm here with you. Yeah. And, the, and, and I'm fully here with you. And I, I really believe, like, within that is where we really can find this blissful el elation for life. Is in the yeah. present moment. Can you really be that present with someone so present that you forget about everything? We use sports to distract ourselves because we're in the moment and we need that focus to win the game. But what if we actually needed that focus just to be there with that person? And the more that we're with them, the more we just wash away all the things in life, that, we, that, that all, the, all the things that we're concerned about. We're here right now. That's where you can find happiness. That's where you can find blissfulness. That's where you can find paradise. In the presence of someone fully. Practice that. And you've unlocked something you'll never get anywhere else. That is the flow state. That is spirituality embodied. If I've ever, if I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, what a what an incredible day to do this on. We are getting ready to do our first session for our online uh, somatic release breathwork training. Yeah. We have people from all over the world, and you know, I've I've talked about this this as something that the, the, the world is asking for. And that's the only reason why it's blowing up. And that's the only reason why it's doing well. But now we have, you know, 
a ton of different people from all over the world, little villages in Germany, yeah. New Zealand, uh, Australia, Canada. Yeah. It's, it's really, I can, I can start to feel it in my cells and it is moving through us now. We have birthed this and now we get to just continue to be the shepherds and, and that's that, that I can't really uh, see myself spending my time before it's my time in any other way. That is the present moment and we're fully present in this. Yeah. And that's the greatest thing. That's the greatest gift. Presence. Fuck. I love you so much. I love you too. <laughs> we'll do it again soon. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, go check out Fish Fisher on Instagram. Give us a holler at somaticreleasebreathwork.com. And uh, yeah, if you can give us a, a five-star review on this podcast, it just lights my little heart up and I read all of those reviews. So I love you guys so much. Until next time, peace out. Peace out. <laughs>